Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus this is Bucks and Bolts with Casey Hudson. And as for another guy who's very meticulous, standards are high, and he doesn't give himself much credit for a lot of the work that he puts in is Mikhail Sergachev in his exit mm-hmm. meeting. He was kind of very seldom to the fact of the response and what he thought about his season, and he immediately opened up by saying he thought he could have done better. He had his moments. Now, we did see some crucial turnovers in the D zone yeah. off his stick and obviously you know we love a guy that takes accountability for things like that but it was also a career high season and he never mentioned that once um do you think we're going to see a whole nother level out of Mikhail Sergachev with him having such a high standard over himself Mm -hmm. yeah no I think so I thought this season um certainly had some of the biggest highs so -hmm. far of his career especially the offensive output uh was was really impressive Uh, him stepping into the top power play unit certainly helped with that um, and like you mentioned, there, there were obviously some moments that, that make you shake your head sometimes with the turnovers. And he had a, you know, a critical one that ended up in Toronto's, uh, first goal of, of game six. Um, but I think that he's a top end player and you're gonna have to live with some of those moments sometimes because the, uh, the high end moments are, are that good. And in that next year with his, uh, with his extension kicking in and him getting a raise, going to be getting paid more than Hedman. Uh, I think that's just all the reason more to have even higher expectations for him Him now going forward as uh, Hedman gets a little older and might be taking on a few a, f- a few fewer minutes. Um, and if you're going to see Sergachev on the top power play, I think that you're going to have to continue to want to expect more from him. Yeah, and it's interesting because, you know, Victor Hedman is also somebody who wasn't too impressed with his season this year. And we obviously yeah. know why there are certain numbers that he's been consistent hitting. He kind of, 
ended up downfalling um, after that injury he got on the West Coast tour in the early in the season. And then, of course, he had that hip impingement that we just found out about um, towards the end of the season and heading into playoffs or collecting that more so in playoffs. Uh, are you thinking that we're going to start seeing a little role change here where Mikhail Sergachev starts to take over more time and Hedman starts to dial things back a little bit, even though now he himself is going to also have a full season to really concentrate and work on some things? Yeah, I think you'll, you'll continue seeing Sergeyev take on a bigger role. Um, but like you mentioned, like Hedman, I feel like he was just battling something the whole season, mm -hmm. it seemed. He, he never really seemed uh, fully like himself, um, you know, even picking up some some other injury as well in the playoff series. I thought that he still found a way to be really impactful. You know, I'd still want him at 75% over a lot of guys at 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I still I still love his game. I think that a, a big summer, a, a longer summer will be big for him. Um, you know, he playing 25 plus minutes a night as many times as he did in playoff runs, it takes a toll on you. And, you know, I thought this season kind of caught up with him a bit. So mm -hmm. I think that uh, a longer summer will certainly be beneficial for him because um, no one's eating as many minutes as he has over the last uh, four years or so. Right. And performing at the level that he performs at. You said something so perfect at taking him at 75% over anyone else. And it's so valid because he doesn't get the credit that he has gotten over the years if he wasn't such an impactful defensive player who's battled through mm -hmm. so much. But even though you've got a unique unicorn like Victor Hedman and seeing him closer to 100% is going to be significant. You got Mikhail Sergachev, who has a great standard upon himself, who can step further into a bigger role. Eric Chernak, even though he ended up being out, he's one of those guys that yeah. Those big extensions. What does this defensive group look like moving forward in your eyes? Um, because they didn't make that move at the trade deadline, because there's no guy of Ryan uh, McDonough's caliber back there. Um, you know, what's going to happen when it comes down to Flurry? What do you think is a better fit to set this team up for success defensively in the next season? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I think the defense group was probably the thing that most people looked like looked at as like probably the most glaring weakness of this team compared to the teams from years past. Uh, like you mentioned, McDonough was a huge loss. Uh, so was Jan Ruda as well. Mm -hmm. uh, those those were two two guys you could really rely on. And I think that they kind of turned the page to, to younger faces, as we saw Nick Perbix taking on a huge role this year, Darren Radish stepping in also. Um, I think that for the most part, the guys that they have on the D are going to be staying because mm -hmm. a lot of guys like, like Hayden Fleury is on a pretty good value contract. So is Zach Bogosian. Yeah. Uh, I really don't see those guys going anywhere. The only defenseman that's that's a free agent th this summer is Ian Cole. And I'm not really sure that they bring him back. Uh, if they do, it definitely won't be at the $3 million he was making this year. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, there's a there's not a whole lot of money to go around. But I think that the Lightning would ideally like to look into some sort of a vet veteran free agent. Just, just maybe try to bring in one new defenseman somewhere like – like that they kind of thought that they were getting with Ian Cole last year. Yeah. I, I would be very surprised if we go through this summer and there's not at least one defenseman brought into this group. That would, that would be very surprising to me. Yeah, me too. And that's something that I was hoping that Julian would uh, allude to, but of course we know he's probably one of the best guys at keeping secrets in the league. Um, right. We did see some great things out of Perbix and Radish and to see these guys probably get longer training camp and training with the lightning in particular, I feel like they are fully capable of taking things to the next level because they took on a huge role in this playoff and each of them made an impact. The points that they picked up, the goals, um, Nick Perbix, Darren Radish, both of them. So 
We'll see what's in play when it comes to the defense. But the next looming conversation for this team after having an early ending, uh, something that everybody is still mourning, is the fact that this team has been dubbed probably the best development organization out there. There's no not talking about what Yanni Gord's doing, what Andre Pilat's doing, what Carter Verhage's doing, and you know the list kind of goes a little bit on and on. Um, are you watching these guys? Are you thinking that everyone's sitting here crying over them still not being in a Lightning jersey? What's the playoff experience been for you? Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yeah, no, it's really interesting. I, I, I was thinking yes, yesterday, I think I realized that you could build a pretty good uh, foundation of a team based on just the guys that this group has drafted and developed and had to lose um, some really good pieces that you can build a team around. And, you know, it just speaks to how well this organization has, has drafted and developed players that have been able to, uh, to step in at the NHL level and have been able to take on uh, even increased roles on other teams. And so it, it's just a unfortunate reality that, you know, it's kind of the pay, the, the price you have to pay for drafting and developing so well and having mm-hmm. such high quality players come out of your organization is that you're going to end up having to lose some because you're not able to uh to keep as many guys as you want because of the salary cap and guys are able to earn more elsewhere so it, it is just an unfortunate reality of almost being as good as the lightning organization has been as uh developing their own players yeah are there any former lightning players that you're cheering for in particular uh, i mean how could you not cheer for uh andre palat and yanni gord you know, those guys are the heartbeat of a team. You know, I think it's been pretty cool to see Yanni Gord because he was, a you know, kind of a third line type guy. He was more of a role player. And in Seattle, yeah, when he came into Seattle, he was kind of like the, almost like the number one guy. You know, mm-hmm. it was kind of crazy. Like he was playing number one center. He was wearing the uh, A as an alternate captain on the team and seeing him taking on a huge role after being kind of a, a depth player and a, and a role kind of guy here. It, it's been really cool for me to see him become sort of the main man in Seattle. I, I've really enjoyed seeing that. And I think that uh, the fan base there certainly uh, has grown to love him for the same reasons that a lot of the, the people here sort of got attached to him as well. Oh yeah. And you can tell that the people here are still so, so attached to Yanni Gordon. That's probably the toughest breakup that we've experienced, but then it's cool too, because he gets the overtime winner the other night. Andre Pilat mm-hmm. is the one who really helped the doubles move into round two. Uh, so even though they didn't have a great first showing, you're still seeing why these guys were such assets to the Tampa Bay lightning. And then of course the big conversation with the lightning being out so early and just the, I guess the illuminating, fact that Leafs fans are a lot. I know that they call themselves dedicated, the best fans in hockey, but I'm just going to slightly disagree and say they are a lot. Are you rooting as heavily against the Leafs as almost every other Tampa Bay Lightning fan is? Yeah, I mean, I guess I would maybe say that I hope that they don't win, but Mm -hmm. I'll have to concede that it is pretty exciting to see one of the, the league's most historic teams, biggest fan bases, the crazy following. I think it is I'll admit it is kind of exciting to see them having uh, some success that you've never seen before. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I guess I would, I would prefer if they didn't win, but I, I do, I will concede that it is rather exciting to see uh, one of the league's most valuable teams making a run and seeing something that, you know, we haven't seen really in any, any recent times. And this playoffs, 
as far as things go now, I think it's as wide open as, as I've ever seen it. I know that makes you such a true hockey guy to be able to see that perspective. Because I still can't see past the fans that the, the fact that their fans were just so irritating to me. But yeah. I do actually respect, you know, any barriers that can be broken in that sense. And of course, there's players that are so lovable on that team. But does that mean that you would root for the Panthers? A guy made a great point on Twitter <laughs> saying that Bolts fans, you cannot root for the Panthers right now because I guess the Panthers owner was the guy who tried to stop the Tampa Bay Lightning organization from opening before the uh, the Panthers organization did. Not that I would ever look that far right. into anything, but um, you know, I think a lot of Bolts fans just don't want to see Toronto move past that second round. Do you think it's obscene to cheer for your rivals just to keep Toronto out of it? Um, yeah, no, it, it's a real interesting predicament for the uh, the fan base here because you. Most people wouldn't want their uh, their cross state rivals to go through, and I, people probably feel stronger about seeing the team that they just lost to go through. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think for the fans, it's a lose lose situation. Um, yeah. But I, I think if if it, if push came to shove, I think more people are probably going to root for Florida. But uh, if you know if people are holding the grudge all the way back to the uh, the original starting days, I think that's a pretty valid reason as well. But um, for myself personally. You know, I I don't think it really makes a difference to me. I'm rooting mm-hmm. for whoever's going to give us the uh, the most excitement and the best storylines. Yep. So, uh, you know, I'm just I'm just enjoying what I've seen so far. I hope it goes uh, seven games. Oh, my gosh. So do I. So speaking of seven games, before we wrap up here, your predictions for the two teams that will be contesting for the Cup in June. Yeah, I was so committed to the – I was thinking that – the Toronto Edmonton all Canadian final was going to be a real thing. Oh my God. And now after both, and after both of those teams lost their first games, I'm kind of thinking um, maybe, maybe not. Um, <laughs> but I think it's really hard to say. I, I think that I would stick with it. I think Edmonton and Toronto is the most likely outcome. I would take Edmonton's chances probably more than Toronto's uh, mm-hmm. at this point in time, just because I, I think that Edmonton has probably the highest possible ceiling because they've got the two best players sure. so if i had to say right now that's probably what i would stick with it might change um but i think that's what i would go with at the moment what, what about you i have gone back and forth on this a lot especially because those first games kind of threw me for a loop um mm-hmm. i wouldn't count out the dallas stars to just somehow sneak in there because their goaltending is actually quite strong when it comes down to the thick of it um, and then once you get, you know, Robertson, Sagan, all those guys involved, and now Polinsky, who just went off the other night, I think if everyone gets on the same page, they can become dangerous. That's, but now they're that's making a team that I would like, say, too. Yeah, now they're making it look like any guys that put up four goals in one game just kind of, like, haunted themselves or counted themselves out. So if I had to push game ones aside, what I was thinking ahead of time was Dallas Stars and – I don't know why, but like the Hurricanes might be a dark horse that just aren't talked about enough. I think that they're yeah. very coached, even though they're plagued by injuries. Uh, Rod Brindamore is just such a fantastic coach. He's a player's coach, too. So he knows how to kind mm-hmm. of craft guys like a John Cooper does. Um, but I don't know if I, that would be entertaining. Stars and Canes. It's just no, I, no, I totally agree. And for me, I, I'm just I'm a hater. I feel like I, I'm just not a believer in Carolina. I, I just, I just don't, they just don't do anything for me just because mm-hmm. I feel like they don't have like the real star players up front to really score enough, Yeah. but they defend incredibly well. And coaching is a big thing there. Yeah. And I, 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 I've just not been a believer, but 
until until I see them go out, you know, I think that they're a real serious contender. But I would agree that probably Dallas and Carolina would not be the most interesting. No. But um, I, Dallas is compelling to me, though, for sure. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing like Dallas and and if I had to say it, the Leafs. Um, yeah. I don't know if the Panthers can really kind of press or physical put that physical element all the all the way to the end. That would be surprising if they make it out of this round um, without a seven game fashion and just getting past the Leafs, who just tend to have it all right now. But no, I don't want to see the Stars in Carolina. But that's just kind of where we're leaning. But at least we still have some exciting hockey. As always, Henry, thank you so much for joining me. I love being able to chat with you and pick your brain this season. If people don't follow Henry Yoho, do so right now because I always said you do the best tweets. DeAndre says the same thing too. You just bring a lot of personality to a sport that people are starting to discover on the level that it deserves to be discovered on. So, um, of course, hopefully I'll see you a little bit throughout the off season, and then you know we gear up for next year. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah, it's. Uh... This was an awesome season, and uh, it was it was fun, um, you know, meeting you and all the uh, people and the experiences I got to have. So I'm excited to see what the future has, and you know, get to enjoy the summertime now too. I know, real off season up and coming. But guys, if you want to keep bases on all things Tampa Bay Lightning, kind of get a review of the season, check out the awards that we passed out, and so much more. Be sure to download the Odyssey app, search Pucks and Bolts, hit that auto download button, stay up to date on all previous and brand new episodes as we get ready to head into the off season as always i'm casey hudson joined by yenry hoho and thank you so much for joining us here at pucks and bolts